Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is happening? My name is Curtis. I am just your typical Spike. Doing this show with me on the line, my good buddy Dustin. Dustin, say hello. Hello. And and the third member of our posse, MTG noob and producer extraordinaire, Cameron. Cameron, how are you, sir? I'm living in legacy right now. So just are, to are, are you building listeners. a legacy? Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just to update the listeners. The uh, the standard deck is officially no bueno, dead and gone, huh? No, no, that thing is gone, gone. gone you could way. always like just go around slashing people's tires randomly until one shows up on a table. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Stand up I, on a table yeah. at the middle of F and M, threaten <laughs> everyone's safety. Exactly. Right, right? and then yeah. say until I get my deck back, you know. Things might happen to your families, and see what happens. You know, just put that out there. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's it's the Dustin method, the Blagojevich way, <laughs> as he likes to call it, allegedly. Um, so let's talk about our weeks. We we have a few more spoilers to get into this episode. We're definitely going to speculate uh, in a ill-informed and uncontrolled manner about the band list that's going to be announced this coming week. Uh, but Cameron, did you play this week, or did no. you just? Purchase no. cards. No playing this week whatsoever. I was going to draft and um, Friday night. I was like, you know what? I think we're going to hang out with my wife instead. So it was a huge faux pas. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and instead, so I uh, just spent all day Saturday kind of playing around with the uh, Merfolk deck that I have and playtesting with that to see if there's anything else I want to do with that. And um, yeah, just assembling legacy cards. So Okay, so walk us through that purchasing journey. What's that like? I mean, have you mostly been dealing with your local card shop, or have you been going through yeah, eBay, Star City? It, What's your... Exclusively local card shop. So um, I've been selling some video games and other things through eBay, which is just helping me get a nice, decent amount of money that then Helps I can... Helps you declutter turn... the house, too. It does. It feels <laughs> really good, honestly. Um, it's exciting to be like looking at certain... like To finally say, like yes, I have... You know, Snapcaster Mages, which always were so much fun to play when I borrowed your your uh, deck on on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some Force of Wolves, a a Wasteland, and then this week I'll probably be picking up some um, Volcanic Islands, which I'm really excited to have in my hands. So, how so, many times do you think you're going to change your mind about what de- legacy deck you want to play? Oh, it's going to next two months. It's going to vary. It's either going to be a, you know Nesper Stoneblade. It's going to be. <laughs> A uh, a blue white red Delver deck or maybe a blue red Delver deck. But the good thing is, investing in some of those cards allows me to play multiple types of decks, which is really kind of cool. Right, Dustin, were you getting ready to say something? Sorry, I was gonna let Cameron know that my first dual land ever was a Volcanic Island that I opened out of the very first revised starter deck that I had. It, so, it was worth like 10 American dollars then at that point. It, it was, it? something like that, right? <laughs> we actually had no idea anything was worth anything out of that. We just thought, hey, it's a card game, let's play, right? And then did you sign it with your name saying, yes, this is my first Volcanic <laughs> Island and completely no, trash no, the value? No, unfortunately. This is, Dustin actually autographs Volcanic Islands at events. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> but if, if you're out there, listener, and you want Dustin to sign your Volcanic Island, he will do that. I thought Gladly. I only signed them when they didn't want me to. <laughs> like, I just run up to a table, sign all the volcanic islands there, and run off. Dude, whenever I had my starter, my first starter that I bought in, like, seventh grade or something, 
Uh, I thought Desert Twister was the most important card because it said destroy target permanent, and I thought you could destroy the other player. So six mana win the game. Right. I mean, which is ridiculous. I mean, that would be like, uh, you know, having show and tell legal or something. Right, Um, right. Dustin, what did you do this week, my friend? Uh, Not too much of anything. I did some tradings, and that's about it. Uh, I've been, you know, monitoring spoilers and everything and getting hyped up for Born of the Gods. Well, fair enough. So I guess I'm the one that played. What's wrong with our podcast? <laughs> Usually I'm the guy that didn't play and didn't go, but now well, I'm I've the got lone plans wolf. for Born of the Gods standard. So once that comes out, I'll be hitting a lot more F and M's. Fair enough. Fair enough, guys. I uh, par- partook, you might say, in in a rare format, lo- rare live format known as Modern. Okay, I was told that <laughs> may not exist. Yeah, I was told that, hey, this shop that's by me has actual modern events, right? <clears throat> and I go, I am one of four players. <laughs> that is right? more than I actually expected to show up. <laughs> well, look, man, here's the thing. Like, I, lo- I love, you know, that Magic has such a big community on the internet and everything, but it's weird that this shop, and we'll talk about this later on, you know, has their bitter blossoms at like $35 and they have all their modern cards at these like really high prices, which they're at, you know, basically everywhere. Uh, but then you can't get people to show up to a modern event. Right. Um, what was nice though, is of the four players, three of us had actual competitive decks, right? Wow. What was the fourth guy playing? He was playing red, white standard humans. Hmm. That's the thing. Yes, like okay. <laughs> Soldier of the Pantheon, Daring Skyjacked, Boros Reckoner, okay, Bravey okay. Elements. It's a white weenie deck that splashes red. But um, hmm. I played Blue Red Delver. I played against a Bug Control deck with mm-hmm. like Mystical Teachings and Cryptic uh, Command and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Good Old Affinity. I made the mistake, Dustin. I think you can appreciate this. Um, I show up and I don't ho- own any Shatterstorms. I own them on Magic Online. Right. And so I was like, ah, oh, I need to buy some Shatterstorms. But then I see that there are three other players. So I'm like, what are the odds that I'll actually play against Affinity? <laughs> pretty good, actually. So I don't need to buy. Affinity's pretty you know. popular. Yep. I did I did manage to beat it, uh, but it was not easy, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, modern. Man, that format. I tell you what, I, the Blue Red Delver deck at least has some play, so it can be interesting. But it's a slog, man. When you're playing against Affinity and this kind of thing, there's so many moments where you just feel completely like, well, I'm dead or I'm not, right? I've I've kept this good hand. If I don't hit my sideboard cards, this is over, right? Mm-hmm. And because there's no ponder priority, and we'll talk about this later on, there's no real way to dig for your sideboard cards. There's no real way to go get them or anything right. like that. So you feel like you're living on the edge quite a bit. But I'm I'm trying to warm to the format. We have uh, Grand Prix Minneapolis down the road. Uh, Pro Tour Born of the Gods, I think they're going to play modern. So, you know, I'm trying to get there. Now, Cameron, you're looking at legacy. You're looking at modern. Um, have you warmed to modern more than legacy? Because this was definitely what you were feeling. You were, you were thinking legacy was a little too intimidating before. Yeah, yeah. Well, just kind of dipping my toes into legacy. Definitely. And then just seeing what modern is and watching all of these different competitions with modern, I think everybody's just kind of downtrodden on it. And we'll probably get to this in the discussion during the ban list uh, later on in the episode, but it's just, there's just not a lot of fun things to do in the game, the way that legacy offers. That makes sense. Right. 
Yeah, totally, totally. Um, anyway, so let's just cut out of this real quick. Come back. I want to talk spoilers and the upcoming ban list. And we're talking Born of the Gods spoilers. A quick note before we get to uh, talk about you know the cards that we want to talk about. I should make a quick correction. We talked about all the lands being in Born of the Gods, right? They're not. They're only three duels. Yeah, apparently so that was announced a while ago, and I just never heard it. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be three. So That's really annoying, too, because <laughs> just the, the last two that we get are going to be so short-lived. It's like, do they not want us playing those colors? I, you know what? Dude, I am right there with you. I Maybe in just my head, I thought there's no way that they'll do that again. Because they did that back in old Ravnica and was obnoxious then. So, right. you know, whatever. So, uh, Dustin, why don't you start us off with good old Spirit of the Labyrinth. You got that pulled up, homie? I do. I do. This card is my card. <laughs> and I say that for value-wise. I think it'll do the same thing Thalia did. Um, okay, well, let's read it. All right. So, Spirit of the Labyrinth, one white, one colorless, three one, enchantment creature spirit. Each player can't draw more than one card each turn. And I mean, this thing is definitely going to be multi-format, and I—it's eight dollars Star City right now. I see it dropping halfway through its life in standard, and that's when to grab them all because after it rotates out a year or two, I'm sure it'll start going back up even more. So, Cameron, this is the point where you want to, as the producer, put in the hallelujah music. I—I <laughs> <laughs> want to talk to you from the perspective. Uh, talk to you, dear listener, from the perspective <laughs> of a Maverick player. When you're playing Maverick and your opponent goes, turn one, tap a green, and play Nettle Sentinel, you know that you are in big, big trouble and that you're probably pl- not going to win the match because Combo Elves is such a miserable matchup. Mm-hmm. Finally, finally, you have something that can make that matchup so much better. Now, it's not 100%, not, not by any stretch of the imagination. And because it's an enchantment creature, um, they have a lot of ways to kill it, right? Mm-hmm. But it makes the matchup so much better. And, and it makes Death and Taxes and Maverick much better legacy decks because this affects Brainstorm, it affects Jace, it affects so many things, right? Um, I don't know, like Dustin was alluding to, I don't know that it's going to be a player in Standard. I don't, right, like it's yeah. going to be a sideboard thing against Sphinx's Revelation, maybe. Yeah, I think in it, right? white aggro, it's playable because it is a three-one for two, uh, and we do have mm-hmm. like the spear and stuff like that to help give it a little bit of pump. But I mean, it's not going to be like super exciting in standard as much as it is just a, a body for cheap. I mean, I guess you would bring it in against mono black. It wouldn't be fantastic, but they're going to be playing the new infest, so. Ugh. You know, it's a little sketchy, and they can still activate Underworld Connections on your turn. Um, Cameron, what do you think of this thing? Uh, Yeah, I don't see it at all being anything except for a sideboard and standard with with Sphinx's Revelation. Um, But playing with your Maverick deck and just kind of knowing the power of Combo Elves from my legacy (laughs) smackdown that I had with that deck last week, um, yes, please. I want to play this card. I want that in my deck. Uh, Just to just to stop them, please. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, because typically you bring in Ethersworn Canonist that only makes them, you know, cast one spell a turn. Problematically, though, that's a symmetrical effect that kind of hurts you. 
as a Maverick player, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you want to play multiple creatures or play a Jid and play a creature, whatever. Um, whereas with this, you don't really care. You're only ever draw, drawing one card per turn unless you have a Sylvan Library active. So I think you're probably not going to have Sylvan Library in your deck if you're playing three of... What do you think, Dustin? This will be like a three of and then three Thalias or something like that? Something like that. Maverick. That sounds about right. And, and by the way, Maverick is not a popular legacy deck right now. And that's when it becomes good. That's when it <laughs> becomes great. Right. All right, Cameron, Seder Fire Dancer. You're up next. Yeah, we got Seder Fire Dancer. It is one and a red. It's an enchantment creature and a Seder. Whenever an instant or sorcery spell you control deals damage to an opponent, Seder Fire Dancer deals that much damage to target creature that player controls. It is a 1 1 creature. I didn't say that. Um, so yeah, this is, this is kind of an interesting card. Um, I don't know if I could, in standard, I don't know, maybe it could fit with a a young pyromancer deck and kind of work off of that with, uh, how popular red seems to be, especially with like the big Boros deck. There's definitely something here for that. All right, Dustin, what's your thoughts, man? I see this guy just being a powerhouse in standard. Um, the one thing that people are obviously talking about is Searing Blood. You can do two damage to a creature. If it dies, the opponent takes three damage, and then you're going to do another three damage to a creature through Seder Fire Dancer. The mm-hmm. value out of that is just ridiculous. Um, it could also get people um, playing stuff like Shock again, right? So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, totally. Maybe it's just me, but I actually don't like this card. Uh, so whenever I was at the shop Friday night and Dustin, you were trading, I just popped in to visit with you a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, the guys were really positive on him and maybe I'm just wrong. I'm, I'm totally admitting that this is a possibility because of, we'll just say my distaste for burn decks, but it's like, I'm, I'm the, the guys were talking about it from a perspective of modern or legacy. And I think you would always rather just have a burn spell than this guy in those decks because he is mid game to late game a terrible terrible top deck so standard it's a different ball game, right, right, right right and the burn deck looks a lot different mm-hmm. um but i i don't think this guy is eternal format playable at all at all at all i agree with you on um, that um but another thing with standard is he works perfectly in the mogus deck because if he's helping uh, kill the opponent. You're help- killing the opponent and killing his creatures quicker. And then Mogus wants them to take damage or sacrifice a creature. It's just going to end it that much quicker. Man, you are you are Mogus crazy. I know. <laughs> right, like you are all all about it. Yeah. And I mean, I hope it becomes a deck just for your happiness. <laughs> well, so as you were saying, um, in Legacy or even Vintage, Young Pyromancer. Made a dent. It made sense. I do not see this hitting in those decks at all. Yeah, because, you know, if you're playing with Lightning Bolt and Lava Spike and all this stuff, you don't really care if they have creatures, right? Right. Like, you're just going to their dome X amount of times. I mean, first of all, the burn deck in Legacy is bad, bad, right? But in Modern, I think the burn deck's quite a little bit better um, just because people are shocking themselves in these kinds of things. Right. but yeah, I'm just I'm down on this guy. I'm not feeling it at all. Um a card that I am I wouldn't say that I'm all the way feeling, but I think it's a really good card. Are, are you a fan of it? Is the Yeah, you might call me a fanatic of Xenagos. 
so Fanatic of Xenagos, here we go. Uh, he's a one, a red, and a green for a creature, Centaur Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that's what Cameron has tattooed across his back in Old English. Like, like so right for like, <laughs> uh, tramp stamp spot? or No, across no, his no, back no, in Old English, like that's gangster not style. Yeah. 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 But um, anyway, so he's got Trample and Tribute 1. Uh, when Fanatic of Xenagos enters the battlefield, if Tribute wasn't paid, it gets plus 1, plus 1, and gains haste until the end of turn. So he'll either be a 4-4 four, four, or a 4-4 four, four with uh, haste until the end of turn, right? Right. Um, so this guy is good, right? Pretty good. Yeah. Like, he'll go right in that deck. What's their three drop right now? Do they have one? Uh, or do they just skip the three? That is a good question. I am not as familiar with that deck as I should be. I mean, they play, like, some number of dom- Domri raids, but lately the creature count's been going less and less, mm-hmm. so you, you don't want to do the full four. Um, Cameron, what do you think of this guy? Yeah, uh, the Tribute, the Trample, and, yeah, a 3-3, three, three, or, you know, a three what is it called? A three cost for a four, four is totally awesome and will fit perfectly within that standard deck, which I hate. Okay. But do you think they so, would use this guy <laughs> over the courser? I mean, wouldn't courser make more sense for the three drop? The courser that we haven't talked about yet. Yes. That one, yeah, the hypothetical okay. courser. Well, we're getting ready <laughs> people to have seen spoilers. They know what it is. <laughs> All right, Dustin, read it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about these guys he got. All right, so... Because they're like BFFs. Courser of Crufix, two green, one colorless for a 2-4 enchantment creature, Centaur. You play with the top card of your library revealed. You may play the top card of your library if it's a land card. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Oh, that's awesome. He's pretty good. So good. Now, yeah. he's not as good as Oracle of Moldiah, obviously, because you can still only do one <laughs> land per turn, Right. Right, Cameron. Have you ever played against an active Oracle Moldiah? No, I, I I'm familiar with the the card, but I've never played against. Oh it. man, it is. Oh, Curtis, to answer your question, isn't the it's three brutal. drop in that deck Domri Raid? Yeah, I, I said that. Okay, hey, he said okay. That. I wasn't listening to you. Jeez, Dustin, do you ever hear anything I say, man? Like, Cameron, seriously. do you hear something? I, it's uh, just some noise. I don't know. So anyway, um. You prefer the Courser of Crufix in that deck, is what you're saying. I do, I do. And the reason for that is, um, <clears throat> with Domi Raid, assuming you're leaving Domi Raid in, you're playing with the top card, you know when you want to to plus him for that if it's a creature. It gives you that little edge. Um, not mm-hmm. to mention that you can get through your lands quicker. And, I mean, you'll have the, the Elvish Mystics and the Karyatid, stuff like that, but if you can get through your lands quicker, it just means Storm Breath Dragon, stuff like that's coming out a lot quicker, too. Right, so uh, here's my thoughts, and it's entirely possible that there are two different green-red decks, okay? <laughs> there, this, this one could be, just be in a green devotion ramp deck, right? right? Uh, that might just have red, it might not, but th- this would play like Nylia and all those other kinds of things, right? It would fit with that a little bit better, gives you a way to dump your mana, right? right? Now, the other piece of this is this could be, um, it, traditionally, you know, ramp decks have been blue-green in combination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with the the Planeswalker, Kiora, uh, this guy, and maybe that's where we see finally a Prime Speaker deck or something mm-hmm. like that, where you're blue-green, right? right. Um, it's, it's possible, but I think if you're talking about the green-red deck in terms of the aggro thing, I think the three drops probably better. He just puts more pressure on control decks. Fair enough. Um, but th- they're both really good, right? It's going to be an interesting thing to see how that falls, and I'm definitely 
not good enough with these kinds of decks uh, to decide. So, Dustin. Yes. I'm going to make you read this one, too, because <laughs> this was your So I could read all of these except for two of them, huh? That's fine. All right. Yes. So, Eidolon of Countless Battles, two white. That's what you give for not listening to me, what? by the way. About <laughs> Did you say something? What? Eidolon of Countless Battles, two white, one colorless. He's technically a zero zero on the card. Enchantment Creature Spirit. He has Bestow, which is two white, two colorless. Um, let's see. Eidolus of Count... Uh, Eidolon. Man, I can't talk. Eidolon of Countless Battles and Enchanted Creature. Get 1-1 one, one for each creature you control and 1-1 one, one for each aura you control. Now... So he could be a very big dude. He could be dude. a very big dude. Um, I see this guy being played in mono-white, white-green. I mean, even white-blue. He's got a lot of options. Hmm. So are there going to be many auras, you think, that are standard playable? Like, I mean, obviously the creature count is what counts matters to this right, guy, probably right. in, in Constructed, but... Well... I haven't seen any auras that I'm like, snap, oh man, that's going to so, be played. So Detention Sphere can easily be played. Um, I guess if but, you were doing white-red, you can do Chain to the Rocks. That's viable. Um, hmm. What else we got floating around? Uh, gods that are not active for still enchantments. Right. But th this says it's each aura you control, so they can't just be oh, enchantments, man. You are so correct. Detention sphere won't detention count. Detention sphere won't count, man. You know I need to read cards better. <laughs> Dude, this is this is why people come to us like insightful things like true name nemesis aren't that good, Elspeth Sun Champion overrated, right? Mm, right. right? We're experts. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if there is a mono white devotion mm -hmm. deck, like a, just a dude's deck. Um, this could be really good in right. that, right? I he could be a decent three drop. Unfortunately, the cat king is out there, right. and he's like way better of a fit. But maybe this guy's a splash in that deck too, right? Like maybe you have three cat kings and one of right. this guy or something like that. Curtis, we still have um, ethereal armor in the format, which mm -hmm. is definitely very playable. Not to mention, if you're playing this guy, the ethereal armor will get the buff from this guy, so it works both ways. Um. Pacifism well, effects, I guess, if you really want it to go there. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think he's good enough for the modern Aura's deck right. because that's much more about being hexproof and right. all those other things. I, I'm seeing this as standard uh, only. The one thing that I really find interesting mm -hmm. is his bestow cost is only one colorless more than his casting cost. That is super cheap. It is super cheap compared to other bestow cost. Oh, spoiler, by the way, you're going to lose to this guy in limited like right. so hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, um, with all yeah, I'd say that all, about all these cards, but especially this guy, it's going to get pretty right. bad. Um, he's also, you uh, know, it's, he's going to be like Angelic Destiny and Limited or something like he's that. He's another reason <clears throat> that when you're playing against Control or uh, Supreme Verdict and stuff, you know, if you're playing Green White, you've got him, you've got Seder uh, or Boon Seder, right? And they will just help each other out. Mm -hmm. So they'll survive. I, I think this standard season is con going to constantly be this. Control is terrible, <laughs> then control gets good again, right? right? Because because the the mono red or the you know these kind of decks that are really good against control decks are terrible against like just a mid range green aggro deck, right? Yeah. So you know then then you as a control deck show up and prey on those decks. So that's kind of how <laughs> it works. It's kind of what um, happened this past season with in December. You know, there's like a little blip of blue white control, and then this disappeared very very quickly, but. Yeah. Well, the uh, 
Grand Prix Vancouver is going on right now, I believe, and I'm pretty sure there's two or three blue-white control lists in that top eight. Nice. Right? So, I mean, it's definitely not going anywhere. It's just not necessarily great for every metagame. All right. So the other thing that we really need to talk about is this whole thing with the banned and restricted right, list, right? right? Um, so on Twitter, Trick Jarrett mentioned that the banned restricted changes, if there were any, would go live uh, the Monday after the pre-release, so a week from when this show what, airs, February third. And um, everybody's talking about it in terms of modern, right? I, standard, there is nothing. Sorry, Cameron, nothing from Mono Blue will get banned. <laughs> okay. Even though that deck is undefeated against you. Um, and Legacy, you know, there's always going to be talk of some kind of change in Legacy that will likely never happen. Uh, but Modern's where the action is almost every year, right? And the ban list has gotten a lot of scrutiny. Um, obviously, we have some issues with the format. So, Dustin, putting you in charge of Watsy. <laughs> right, right. For a day. Right. Right. Or just in, in charge of the format. What are you taking off what this list? What am I thing? taking off this list? Uh, yeah, are you take before we add, let's just pretend you could take things off. Let's go there. Green and then we'll Sun talk Zenith. about adding. Straight up. Green Sun Zenith comes off. People play with it again. Awesome. Right? <laughs> that to me makes sense. So Green Sun Zenith should stick around because uh, it's not it's not like just game crushing, right? I mean it helps. But mm -hmm. it doesn't just – I've never once seen somebody go, Green Sun Zenith this, win the game, right? <laughs> I mean, right. It, it's it's a fun card to play with. It definitely helps out when you need the, those sideboard cards that you're looking for, stuff like that. But I've never just seen it be the windmill slap, I got everything I could ever want, right? By the way, I love how it's a it's a windmill slap. You put the card in your hand, do you open palm slap the other person with the card in your <laughs> Why hand? Why not? Why not? <laughs> Uh, so, by the way, uh, just to put this out there, I think, you know, we'll talk about this in a minute. I think if you add Green Sun Zenith to the format, you probably have to take out either Birthing Pod or Court of Calling. Like, if you have all three of those together, the Malira Pod, that gets really good. Anyway, keep I going. I also think Wild Nicottle should come off the list. Um, I was not a fan for it going on there in the first place. Uh, I think that's pretty ridiculous, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, there's some there's some powerful cards on here I'd like to see come off, but you know, pie in the sky, right? Like having Stoneforge Mystic or something, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so can we talk about why that is never going to come sure. off? Sure. Please. Yeah. So, okay, this is coming from a guy that would that would love to see Stoneforge Mystic in modern. I think it would become so many decks would have to play it, right? I think you'd look at the price of Stoneforge Mystic, go to $50, $60, $70, which would make Dustin very happy. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, if you're playing Naya Zoo, you got to play Stoneforge Mystic. If you're playing, you know, right. Control, you got to play Stoneforge Mystic. Come if back, you're playing, so you know, White Weenie, yeah, Death and Taxes, you got to play Stoneforge Mystic. I think it would become, you know, we are talking, I think, very feasibly about the greatest creature ever printed. And so when that happens, you know, it's a very, very scary thing to just unload. Right. Cameron, you don't know that much about Modern, but what do you think, man? What, is there anything here that jumps out at you? Well, this is why I feel like Modern isn't fun, uh, <laughs> because the, the two cards that I was like really excited about playing within Legacy and I didn't know that were banned were Stoneforge Mystic and Umazawa, Umazawa's Jite, which you know are, like you said, 
Stoneforge Mystic is so awesome and maybe one of the, the best things to ever play in Legacy. Um, but, I, I, like, I why is Ponder in there? I mean, I know it's, like, a really good effect, but, I mean, come on. Like, that can't be in Modern. So can, can I take you back in time? Please. In modern? Yeah, yeah. So the format got announced. They did a ban list, which has many of these cards before anyone ever actually played a game of modern at a tournament. Okay. <laughs> and everybody showed up. Our first modern tournament at my local shop was like 20 some odd people. And people showed up with storm. Right. And a bunch of these storm cards preordained ponder and uh right of flame were banned like right off the bat. It was determined that storm was too good. So, okay. So speaking of that, uh, when modern season mm -hmm. one showed up, our store had 20 people consistently, like every week, right? And then after a yeah. bunch of bannings, yeah, things changed is when it just it just fell apart. I think the biggest like blow to the format for our local metagame was the banning of Wild Nakato because there were a lot of people playing right. Naya Zoo. And people were very upset because here's what Wizards didn't think about in terms of perception. When you ban Wild Nakato and you don't ban Tarmogoyf, mm -hmm. Right, you say, okay, guys, the fifty cent card banned, the at the time ninety dollar card, yeah, you got to right. have that. And it was just a PR nightmare between that and Storm, which Storm is is now playable, right? And that was before the printing of Past and Flames, I'm right. pretty sure. Um, so you know, Past and Flames has kind of made Storm a playable deck again. Um, but man, that changed a lot. Anyway, my my big things is I would add Preordain Wild Nakadal. I think Jace should be in. I'm just going to put it on the table. Put Jace in the format. There's a ton of decks that would just ignore him. And the one that's the most like egregious to me is Golgari Grave Troll. Like, just dumb. Like, of course, right. there's so many dredge cards that are legal and modern. Let dredge players have Golgari Grave Troll. You know, whatever. Dread Returns banned. So, you know, you can't do stupid things with it. So, so whatever. let me ask you this. Jace comes um, back, right? Mm-hmm. We now have Dreadbore, yes. we've got Heroes Downfall. Is that a way to answer it, or would Jay still just be on the board dominant, you know, with counterspells, always protected? What are you thinking here? I think control decks don't have an endgame right okay. now. Hmm. Okay. And right now, like, if you have blue-white-red decks that'll play a Johnny Vengeant as their kind of kill spell, or a Planeswalker. And the problem is both... You know, a bunch of the combo decks kill you on turn four. Mm -hmm. Splinter Twin kills you on turn four. Um, Storm can kill you turn four, turn five pretty regularly. So if you, it's a very feasible scenario where you tap out to play Jace and die. Right. Right. The mm -hmm. format is just way too fast. And there's no force of will, so you can't really get anything out of brainstorming. Right. If they go, okay, Pestermite, my turn, Splinter Twin, you're dead. Right. Now, now what if so Jace I, comes back and Preordain and Ponder come back? Then okay. all of a sudden, is it a problem? I, I, no, I, 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 the way that if the, you do, if you ban nothing and add Jace to the format, I think he's a two of in a control deck, and right. that's it. Hmm. That's that's literally where I think he's at. Maybe a three of, but you have to spend so much of your time with these, like you know, having lightning bolts and mana leaks and all this other stuff to deal with the combo decks. You're not gonna, you know what I mean? Jace is gonna close the door if you get to that point, but he's just not there. Um. Yeah, so there are a bunch of them that I would really like to see come back. And also, what, what Cameron points out is really matters. You want to play powerful cards in older formats because it's fun. Right. Yeah. 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 
Well, pr- presumably. Okay, so things that could get well, banned. Ha- Go there, Dustin. So presumably, the reason to play mm-hmm. an older format is because you're a you know a seasoned player, or you have the cards and you mm-hmm. enjoy this. So yeah, you should be able to play with more powerful cards in the interactions. Where standard has a lot of newer players, and you don't want you know the best players just owning every new guy and then just walking off and never playing again, right? I mean, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we move off the what comes off the, the, the ban list, we should mention Bitter Blossom. It's seen a huge spike in price. Right. A lot of people think that's going to be the card that's most likely to come off besides Wild Nacatl. Um And it's at 35 bucks right now, which how much could you get a Bitter Blossom for like I six months were, ago? Dustin, yeah, like, like 20-ish. Give or take, depending on where you find them at. Um, so they've gone way, way up. It did this before, like I told you earlier, about a year ago. Um, there were rumors about Bitter Blossom coming off the band list. It gone up in price. It didn't happen. It dropped back down. It's so Cameron. We need to do Cameron becomes a spike on Bitter Blossom <laughs> sometime. We can always do um, it today. There's a huge history with this card. Um, as a guy that would immediately snap to play Bitter Blossom in the format, I think A, it wouldn't be that good. I think B, um, they're not going to take it off because it could be a scary thing. You know, people really hate to lose to fairies. So, uh, anyway, Dustin, what do you think should at, get added to the ban list? What would you like to see added on? <sighs> well, anything? you know me. In the realm of value, I don't want anything to get added on. But if something were to right. get banned, um, Birthing Pod definitely seems to be the mark. I know a lot of other people are talking about it too, um, but there's a lot of people complaining about Birthing Pod just owning. Um, that being said, a lot of people are complaining about Deathrite Shaman as well. I honestly don't see Deathrite Shaman as a target for banning. I don't think it's that much of a problem. Yeah, I'm. I, I think... Deathrite Shaman is just a really, really, really good card. Right. Right. And that's okay. Right? I just... Mm-hmm. It's, okay, it's okay for there to be a powerful one drop in Jund. I think the deck... I mean, by the way, Deathrite Shaman is still really susceptible. If they go turn one Deathrite Shaman and you go... Right. Bolt Whatever, it, right? Right? It's the same thing, right? As, as as them playing a Bird of Paradise or whatever. Obviously, it's got right. better reach. Obviously, it's more versatile. D- Deathrite Shaman but it's just also a really helps good... to reduce the size of Tarmogoyfs. Right? Is that a bad thing? <laughs> right. It also keeps graveyard uh, type right. decks in check. Right. You're not going to show up with dredge if you know you're playing against a bunch of Jun decks. And obviously, when they when they took out Bloodbraid Elf, it kind of makes Deathrite Shaman not as scary, right? Because they're not going to Bloodbraid Elf a turn right. early, so whatever. So, <sighs> Birthing Pod. I I think the logic is a little fuzzy. Why that's allowed in, and like Green Sun Zenith right. and Ponder. It's like, well, okay, Birthing Pod. And it just makes other aggro decks just wretched because they're always going to so have kitchen things. The problem things that I am looking at though is Birthing Pod is not used in Legacy, correct? So the not card will basically become nothing. I mean, it might be used a little bit in EDH <laughs> or some casual play or whatever. Other than that, it's just going to be a bulk rare, right? Right. I, I mean, I don't even know what a Birthing Pod. Cost, right. Last right? I seen, it was uh, right around ten dollars out of stock on Star City. Here's what I'm willing to bet, though. I'm willing to bet that the price is artificially kept down by people that think it's going right. to get banned. Right. 
Otherwise, that should be a $20. Well, it was right around $5 um, maybe a month and a half ago, and then jumped up to 10 right? But now there's talk about it being banned, so that could be why it hasn't jumped up any further. I mean, we're just too mm-hmm. close to the bannings. If it doesn't, then I can easily see Birthing Pod um, going to $15, $20 that week. That being said... It's not necessarily a smart thing to go out and buy four of them now because you don't know if it will get banned. If it does get banned, then you're SOL. (laughs) But, you know, at the same time, if it doesn't get banned, then maybe it's a good, you know, preemptive strike. Um, I'd say just hold off. We'll wait and see. Yeah, and can I just say that Wizards, man, they've handled this whole thing so poorly because now everybody thinks when something has success in modern, it needs to be banned, right, rather than us letting us kind of naturally come to this conclusion Right, so I'll give you a scenario. I was playing this modern tournament, right, and I playing against a three color control deck, and I land a blood moon against right. the guy. Awesome, right? Love it. Yeah, exactly. What you're supposed right. to do with blood moon? Punish those terrible mana bases. <laughs> and um, he's like, I I can't do anything about that. They need to ban seriously. That <laughs> yeah, and I just, it's not about what wins or doesn't win. It's about keeping everything on a similar power level. And there are going to be people that argue Splinter Twin needs right. to go. And I'm not one of those people. I think there's a ton of answers to that. And it, I think it's a healthy deck to have in the format. But, you know, we'll see. I, I, I get this feeling in my gut that there's going to be this huge shakeup. I don't know if it's, if, if it's accurate or not, but we'll see what so happens. So let me ask you this. If, like, they ban mm-hmm. Blood Moon and that guy's all happy, then you come back with the same deck and you play Magus of the Moon, is it going to cry? I mean... What's up with that, right? <laughs> what if we ban everything but mono red burn decks and modern is just us showing up burning right. each other to the face? <laughs> right? And Merfolk. They always seem to love giving Merfolk Definitely. new cards to play with, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cameron's favorite deck. Um, okay, so Cameron, you ready to become a spike? Yeah, man. So each week we like to give Cameron a card, uh, an older format card, ask him to evaluate it for us on the fly. Well, not really on the fly. Today I give you what? Like eight hours to yeah, really absorb yeah. the card. And by the way, I get requests for this, right? Which is kind of alarming. And I know you can see those requests on Twitter. Yeah. And I don't want you to actually cheat, Cameron. No, I, I, know you I won't. I, I get depressed because... I worry what it's going to be and that my Sunday will be ruined for the week. But, you know. So did I pull it off this time? Uh, yeah, you did. We have balance. Yes. All right, so let's read the card balance. Go for it. Balance. It costs one and a white. Whichever player has more lands in play must discard enough lands of his or her choice to equalize the number of lands both players have in play. <laughs> Period. Cards in hand and creatures in play must be equalized the same way. Creatures lost this manner may not be regenerated. Um, so for, first off, first so, off, why are you reading like the oldest text you can find on this card? <laughs> I I'm just reading one. whatever. You didn't even send him like the fourth me. edition one. I wow. sent him the beta one, man. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay, so um, I can clear the board of lands and creatures or equalize it. Um, but this is always interesting. It doesn't say anything about like wiping it from, for artifacts or auras, um, which you could probably use to your benefit. 
is what I think you could probably do with this. Um, I, I just don't. I, I just don't know if there's a particular type of enchantment or aura where you could have a game-winning scenario with this. So, okay, yeah. Cameron, I'm, I'm worried that you're not committed enough, man. That was a lot of. Vagueness. It was. It was very vague, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I especially liked where he so said, Dustin, you, you can would... either clear the board or equalize it. Like, there's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Dustin, I used to play balance against oh, you back in like Every 95. deck we played, we both had a balance. 96. At least, I mean, you know, it's like whoever got the balance out first, like whatever. <laughs> uh, when this card was played big time, people had a lot of um, mana artifacts, Right. So obviously, if you can get out ahead with that type stuff, or say your opponent's got more land drops than you, more creatures, you could play balance. Everything becomes pretty much equal on that front. But then you've got you know your moxes, lotus petals, um, soul rings, all that stuff like that, and then you can play you know big creatures if you need to, right? Okay, I've heard of mox, I've heard of lotus petal. I have no idea what those cards do. I Zero casting cost artifacts that produce colored mana. Yes. Nice. Okay. So, uh, by the way, all the cards we're discussing right now are banned in Legacy. Okay, balance well, is banned in Legacy. When me and you were playing this, these <laughs> um, car- those cards were not banned. Okay, right. And I mean, but we were each other's right. competition, right? Like this was not. So yeah, the 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 great scenario that you'll run into this with uh, like cube and things is if you play a bunch of artifacts, like Dustin was saying. And then you cast balance. You discard however many cards out of their hand, like right. wipe their lands, wipe their Not creatures. To mention the fact, like Tolarian Academy, when it wasn't banned, right? You have all the artifacts there. You you get rid of all these lands. You keep your Tolarian Academy. Tolarian Academy taps uh, for blue equal to the amount of artifacts you control, right? So you can just do crazy okay. wild things, right? Nice. Yeah. So balance. I mean, I showed you the beta one. Also, the beta one's a little bit expensive <laughs> for what a balance is. You right. probably get a balance for like five dollars or something. Oh, Three dollars. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's next to nothing. Right. But it's it's a classic, classic card. And by the way, my avatar on Magic Online is the the gentleman in balance. Nice. That's how much I nice. love this card. <laughs> All right. So uh, a few housekeeping items before we uh, check out. So you can. Pick up our cast on mtgcast.com. Either this week or next week, we will be up on brainstormbrewery.com. Marcel and the guys over there have a fantastic podcast and a great website. And we're hoping to get posted there quite soon. You can also check us out on iTunes. It's a little app that you can add to your PC. Um, Dustin, let's say someone would like to get a hold of you and talk to you. about magic finance right. and your thoughts on the world. Well, we do have Star City uh, St. Louis coming up that we'll all three be at, right? Yeah, I'm sure we're going to... Are we going to wear giant leather jackets? That well, have I'm going to wear a name tag that back? says, I've already, my I name's got Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> it's bedazzled course, too, right? Anyway, Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you, how would they do this? At Cameron underscore McCoy. And on Twitter, I am at Curtis Now. That's it for this week. We'll check you guys next time.